Wes Craven's Scream is the film that saved slasher movies way back in the 90s. Tonight, we go behind the scenes of this horror classic with Anthony Massey, the producer of Still Screaming, the ultimate scary movie retrospective. I'm so excited to talk about this. We've, we also give you a glimpse of this past weekend's Lost River Drive-In, also produced by Mr. Anthony Massey. It was a Halloween double feature and some scary goodness from Queen Mary Dark Harbor this week. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. My name is Jim Fry. I am the managing editor here at the Scare Guy Show, also thescareguy.com. Check us out. Who else do we have in the room tonight? Hi, everyone. It's Katie Christine, and since we're doing the Scare Guy, it's aka the final girl. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about Queen Mary and stuff tonight. And our very special guest tonight. Yes, I'm Anthony Massey. I produced uh, Still Screaming, which we'll be talking about, and mm-hmm. also the Lost River Drive-In event that happened last night. And he is the expert mm-hmm. on sc- the Scream series, and that's what we're going to be talking about as well. Ooh. Hi, I'm Derek Sams. I'm a semi-regular here on The Scare Guy. Um, yeah, what else do we say? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> he looks he looks better rested probably than the last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm Cheeseman on the couch here with thescareguy.com, and I'm here on the computer listening to your thoughts here on the chat if you have any questions for us during the show, because we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We And speaking of, we do have a lot to talk about tonight. We are going to talk about the Lost River Drive-In, which we just experienced yesterday. Derek, we, we're so disappointed, because you've never seen the movie Halloween, yeah. which every I, week I, I go into apoplectic shock over, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... This time you remembered. I didn't have yes. to tell you again and have you be surprised. I, I know, every single yeah. week. And uh, so I... I assume you also have not seen part two. Right. So I haven't that seen is part a correct two assumption. Have you not? Last night was the best experience. From what we understand, John Carpenter, didn't you tell us he always wanted people to see on the yeah, big Yeah, the g- best way to experience the Halloween movies is at a drive in. Yeah. They're just crowd movies, and they're just so great. Especially so, yeah. with Michael Myers walking amongst you. That was great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how ever. well I would have responded to that, but <laughs> it was great. And we will be going over that. Also, did. Uh, some of us went to uh, Queen Mary's Dark Harbor, and yep. Katie and Luke will bring you a video retrospective of that. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We also have a little bit of news from Shriek Fest, LA's longest running horror film festival. Carrie did an interview for us with the um, creator and festival director there, so that was really cool. And then finally, we are going to move into talking about Scream, how Scream saved slasher cinema. And that is what you're here for. And then also, you have a super exciting event that we want to hear more about, which I have decided. And Cheeseman, you're you're going as we're both going up to it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited about so that. I'm excited to hear what it Road is. <laughs> it's oh, oh, scary. scary. It's very cool. <laughs> you know, if you wanted to kill a bunch of people on Halloween. That would be the place to do it. That's how you would do it. <laughs> I mean, did you see Hellfest? That's essentially oh, yeah. what happens. Well, we I mean, were... that's, that's the thought I have all the time. Like, if I were going to kill people and not get caught, I'd do it at some at Halloween event. event where you have a bunch of fake dead bodies already. You do it at a Halloween double feature of the movie Halloween so nobody knows who's really <laughs> screaming. Is it weird that I've given this a lot of thought? I no. Don't know. It's okay. a little bit yes, weird. it is weird. I'm pretty scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brad was getting kind of freaked out about that. He was talking about, like, what if somebody's actually crazy that goes to these things? This is this was Brad's exact. Brad, who is our, our, our fifth member. We also have a, a, a very important member that we always, always need to introduce. Ryan Nielsen, who is in the booth keeping us all on schedule That's tonight. Me. Ryan. That is me, y'all. And I'm keeping you on schedule. And I think we are still talking about Scream tonight, right? Yes, yes. we are. So That's excited right. to talk about Scream. All about Scream. And so, Horror and classic. Speaking of Scream, we were watching the Halloween thing last night in the open at the drive-in theater. And Brad goes, 
Has nobody learned anything from Scream 2? We don't do things like this. Right. <laughs> You're just setting yourself up. Yeah. Right. Speaking of speaking of Lost River um, driving, we do have a video if we can go ahead and, and, and boot that up. And, and let's just go ahead and talk through a little bit of what we see. There's a little bit of video, a little bit. It's mainly just um, a lot of cool pictures that we, we put together. Yeah. So they painted some pump, little pumpkins in the theme of it, which was amazing. And Anthony, could you tell us about what was going on? I mean, yeah, so, okay, so my good friend, Matt Russell, texted me one day and said, you know, they mentioned the Lost River Drive-In. <laughs> one of the characters mentions it in Halloween 2. Yep. Somebody should host a screening of Halloween 2 at the Lost River Drive-In. So I said, okay, great, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, call me back in a week. Uh, and I did. <laughs> so the Mission Tiki Drive-In up in Montclair hosted a double feature. Which was fantastic. Yeah. Which was great. And I've never seen the movies. Um, and I think it keeps getting stuck. In a drive-in. In a drive-in. Yeah. At a drive-in, yeah. right. I've seen I've the, never seen the, the movies. He's never seen the movies. I've never seen them. Yeah. Like, and this was a... Like um, this is a professional cosplayer. His name's Lito Velasco. Yeah. And uh, the studios him. hire him. Uh, he plays huh. lots of characters. And he showed up with the mask from the original film, the mask from Halloween 2, because the masks change from mm-hmm. movie to movie. Mm-hmm. He had the hammer. He had the knife. He had all the, you yeah. know, the, the murder implements that one, you know, one Michael Myers would have. And uh, he was stalking people during the movies. And I, and I was sitting in my car. I was eating popcorn <laughs> yeah. out of my Lost River Drive-In popcorn container. And he just suddenly appeared. And I was like, <gasps> you know, and I hired the guy. <laughs> and well, and even the ghost. Even oh, the, these were ghost. people, they were hired. They were. They, yeah, yeah, cosplayers. Um, Burke, this is uh, David Burke. David Burke created. Did some amazing artwork. Look, see how they're watching. They're wearing the T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Lost River yeah. Drive-In. Right. So what the theater did was they rebranded themselves as the Lost River Drive-In. Mm-hmm. So all the popcorn containers had it on there, which was the, fantastic. When you when you drove in there, you would see like the marquee right there, yep. Lost River Drive-In. You'd see it on the screen. It, and, and I listen to this part people. right here, right here. Oh, this man. is the moment they're talking. It's hard to hear. This is where they mention them, right here. So, yeah, what we just saw was we're watching the moment in Halloween 2 when the nurse mentions the right. Lost River Drive, and everybody kind of goes crazy at that moment, which yeah, was very cool. Of, like, see, look at that. Imagine seeing that. That was through my window. window. Yeah. So he was just I walking around. He was just walking around. around. It was like, awful. Like a picture. Yeah. And he looks exactly like he did in the movie. And then he walked around on fire. And then he walked around on fire. That's, right. we, we were joking. Wouldn't it be great if at the end of the movie, part two, he just burst into fire? I mean, I mean, as a stunt, not for yeah. real. But anyways. Um, what fun. The, it was probably one of the most enjoyable events I have, as everyone who the watches pumpkins? the show. Yeah, the, Those little pumpkins, did you paint them? Or no, so Matt Russell, the guy who helped produce this event with me, um, his wife made them. She just brought them and put them in, in yeah. the... Wow. Right, everybody loved them. Yep. Yeah, his wife, uh, Melissa. Hey, Ryan! <laughs> this is Ryan for people who have not yet met him. But, um, What's up, y'all? <laughs> But the thing that was so cool about it was I loved being outside because I sat in front of the car and the thing that was also really neat was so many of the cars decorated up as Halloween. I was going to ask that. They decorated yeah. as Halloween and they put pumpkins. We had pumpkins in our car and string lights. and Oh, so cool. It was really neat. And like there were certain sections where big groups of people would sit outside, like multiple cars in a big group, and they they kind of turned it into almost like a Rocky Horror Picture Show experience where they would yell and scream. It was yeah. great. It was so yeah, much fun. horror movies are interactive, and you know a lot of people experience them sitting on their couch watching it on their TV. Mm-hmm. But you, if you go to a theater with like-minded horror fans, 
typically that's what happens. You get this mass hug for the movie, and everybody, they can't contain themselves. They yell and clap and scream at all the right times. And So last night was a real treat for me, too, because I've never hosted a movie screening. And... Um, you know, I think just going above and beyond and having... We had a newspaper that tie, I think I showed it on the last episode. It tied the movies together and then added to the story. And mm-hmm. so people were reading the newspaper before the movie started. We did a radio show after. I don't know if you guys listened to no, it. No, I didn't know that. Oh, we gave you a little white piece of paper. It's the Haddonfield Happy Hour. We did a half, well, 37-minute radio broadcast where we brought on... Was it 100.5? The the, the no were... no that was that was a whole separate like oh. in your car you just call it up on your phone and just Bluetooth it to your radio oh. and so I played the host of this radio show back in 1978 um, and I brought on Barry Bernardi who was an orderly that took care of Michael Myers and <laughs> and we had fictitious like um, Haddonfield commercials for the various places in the movie and everything so listen to it I mean, it oh, was can a total we, where can we hear fest. it where can we hear it. Uh, if you we gave you a little white piece of paper last uh, night, uh, it's on my gym. Just look up Haddonfield Happy Hour on yeah. on the internet. I still have everything from last night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's great. We will find so that. Lost River Drive in Instagram. You'll see it. And also, what was really cool, I, I do want to do a shout out to uh, David Burke. Yes. The artist. And Luke, can you hold up what... David Burke was there, and if, for those of you who don't know, and if you guys are fans of Halloween, you most likely do know, he created a series of artwork called the um, the, sis, the Sister Trilogy. Yes. Based on Halloween 1, 2, and I think H2O. Was that what it was? I'm not really sure. about H2O. But I, then I'm not sure yeah, what the I Sister Trilogy is. But I know that he really loves Halloween 4 as well, yeah. so that might be He's one an of incredible things. artist, and last night he pulls us aside and gives us a copy of this, and I didn't know he was draw, drawing this. I mean, if you look at it, that's a scene out of Halloween too. Mm-hmm. You know, when she says he, she saw him walking by the Lost River Drive-In, but he took the logo that we had created and put Michael there, and I love the pale, like, washed-out look of it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, yeah. he just said, here you go. And I was like, wow. Fantastic. Yeah, cool. David, you're amazing if you're watching. Yeah, so this is the deleted scene from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we can put it back in. Anyways, I just want to congratulate you on probably one of the coolest events that I have. Personally, Thank you. I, I was telling people, usually every year around this time I had to Florida for a little bit for vacation, but I put it off this year because I could not miss this. No, event. you didn't. Yes, I did. Amazing. So, exactly true. I might be going when you guys go at the end of the year. So, Cool. I'm glad you came. Anyways, it was fantastic. And he has another very cool event that we're going to be talking about towards the yeah. end of the show. It has to do with Scream, the main theme of the show tonight. So we are super stoked about that. Next, though, we have had a pretty busy week. And for those of you who don't know, we Halloween season in Los Angeles is just like... Just a, a plethora. It's just like a candy store. You just can't get enough of what's going on. So the thing that we did do this past Thursday, Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? We went to Queen Mary's Dark Harbor. It was the 10th anniversary of this event. Uh, it was Luke and Jim's first time going. My first time ever being there. So I'm happy they finally got to go, but I love it. It's, it has a spooky carnival vibe. Just like a, It's not like the other amusement park haunts because it's just different rules, different things, more mature. It's for adults. Very more adult-oriented. I mean, it, you might see some children, but they're like the kids who kind of like grow up around horror and, yeah. and things like that. That's because there's a bar in every single haunted maze. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's so these like secret, like almost like speakeasy type things yes. in every single <laughs> It's also the there. only, unless it could be wrong, but as far as I know, it is the only haunt that's not like a at a bar or things like that that sells liquor and not just beer or wine. Because the other ones, it's just like beer or wine. So, All right. And we have a really cool video that uh, Luke was able to put together. 
and if we can take a look at that, Ryan. Intrepid! We just came out. Bradley, get in here. I've been intrepid. Oh, that's nice. Oh. <laughs> it had one of the coolest effects wow. rooms I've ever seen in my life. The the, the green Crawling through the swamp. The swamp green fog room. That was one of the coolest things I've ever yeah. seen. One of the greatest things I've because ever seen. You really cannot see <laughs> anything. Your chest deep in a room of fog, glowing, and they keep popping up out of the fog, and you don't know where you're going. Props that was that. one of the coolest effects. Best I've things I've ever seen. All right, it's gonna be hard to top that. Seasman. How was it? Oops. <laughs> Katie, 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 Katie. Yeah. Come on, you're the only one who knows what's going on here. So, oh, that was true. Oh, awesome. Uh, we found the hidden bar. I recommend the goat, the gray ghost shot if you're here. It was delicious. I just walked through soap. Yeah. <laughs> They're really doing well with like just different effects. That you're not used to seeing. It's cool. But I gotta show you one thing real quick that if you don't know about it, this right here <laughs> is from it's uh, from Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. Which might is this kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, anyways. They're on every to the year. next one. Woo! <laughs> hey, it's Cheeseman. And Katie. We're here at Queen Mary Dark Harbor. <laughs> and we just went through all the mazes tonight, and we also saw the last thing. Three of the hidden bars. And? The slider show. The slider show. <laughs> so we had a good time here tonight. We had corn dogs and lots of other little hidden treats, but what did you think overall? I think it was great. I liked some of the changes in some of the mazes. Uh, the new maze, which is Rogue is really cool. I highly recommend that. That one also has a hidden bar. It's fun to try to find the hidden bars because... The best bar that one was. Yeah, you don't always know how to get there, but if you find it, it's a nice little surprise. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, they give you a token that will give you clues, but we were good at finding them most of the time. There was even times where you had to crawl through certain things, and there was something that appeared like you were going through a swamp. So they definitely took some different approaches than something more like Halloween Horror Nights did, and then the people would actually follow you through places. So felt a little more like a traditional haunted house, but overall it was a really fun time, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and also, if you guys like like more of a twisted carnival feel, this is usually kind of the best place I recommend because it has more of that dark, twisted feel that you don't get at the amusement parks. So check out the Queen Mary Dark Harbor this fall here at 2019. <laughs> I thought you guys did yeah, a really we good have, job. We have some clips on there, like B-roll type stuff. So if you go search... For the video on YouTube, or, or if you're watching online, you'll see kind of some of the visuals of some of the things we're describing, like the fog and the carnival and just some of the other things. Yeah, but, that was kind of like a supercut of all of our videos all mashed together, yeah. so we have a lot of coverage from that night. It was yeah. one of my favorite events I've been to. And are they usually, like, have that many characters and people walking around, yeah. or were they mm -hmm. only doing that because it was open night? Because there was a no. lot of characters when you're they walking. They have a lot and, of atmosphere. They yeah. also... Anthony, have you been down there? I've not. Oh, yeah. We didn't have footage of it, but there's also aerial artists, people doing silks, people doing fire dancing, wow. people doing sideshow stuff. We didn't see people do sideshow stuff, but I do know that they do have that option sometimes, just depending on the performers they have. So it has, like, a little bit of everything. There's a hookah bar for people who are interested in that. I mean, they really thought of, think of everything. And the only thing we I recommend is just planning ahead, because the parking is really, uh, is very, takes a while. That would so. That's the one thing I recommend. Um, yeah. I've always I've learned that for the last three years that I've gone. Just make sure you plan a couple hours. 
to get there and get into parking. Can I ask a quick question? Yes. yes. Is it still going on right now? Yes. It just, just started. started. It's yeah, going on started. through the end of October. Wow. And, and where was it located again? Long Beach at Queen Mary. In Long Beach at the Queen Mary. Heck yeah. 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 And what I didn't know going into it, I didn't know it was off the ship and on the ship. Yes. So they have like... Was it like two or three that were on the ship and then okay. the rest yeah. were on the That's outside? That's what I was going to ask. Three, three mazes that are on the ship and three that are off the ship. Wow. Um, in my opinion, I love the ones that are on the ship because... It's just naturally creepy. You're on. You're there walking are so through many steerage. stories you're about ghost through. sightings on it's that yes. ship. Supposedly already. haunted. Like, yeah. You, yeah. you can also, for those people who really want to, you can also book rooms to stay on the Queen Mary. Oh. So if you wanted to, you could. There go to were Queen a Mary lot of people on upper levels there. watching the mayhem yes. as it was going on. The thing about the haunted houses on the ship that I noticed, they were so long. Yeah. They were like and I'm very used, dark. Yeah. I'm, I'm very used to dark. like haunted mazes that take maybe like two or three minutes. Yes. They would take like 10, sometimes 15 minutes, oh, it felt like. To, yeah. Well, it's also because halfway through, we would always find the hidden bar and like yeah. camp out for just a little bit. Like alternate routes or things, or, oh, wow. or things you're going one more. way and then you circle back into it again, so then it's yeah. like, oh, like you get. So it's more like an actual maze. Yeah. yeah. In some ways. But there wasn't out. a lot, but just here and there, there were <laughs> a little bit of twist and turn. Yeah. What's that first bar we found? The first maze we went in through was Rogue, I think it well, was. Luke, All I know is those Luke Long Island iced teas were great. Luke accidentally stumbled into one, didn't know what it was because yeah. he didn't he didn't know that they had hidden bars. In I was them. like almost like, oh, I'm sorry, so he like I just it. opened some door or some bar, and I was not supposed to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, but hey, guys, yeah. is it expensive or is it worth? No, the price? it's not expensive Reasonable. at all. It's, it's good. good to hear. The yeah. tickets are probably thirty bucks and less. Yeah. I, I can't say that for sure, but I, I know that um, if you go on to like uh, not Groupon, but uh, what's Gold Star? They're yeah. selling tickets for around ten dollars to Queen Queen Mary yeah. right now. It's it's really cool. So I. Highly recommend yeah. it. And our friend Patrick, who's watching from the side from a band called Whiskey Sunday with like the whiskey tasting that they had there, you can pick up three or four of three whiskeys. Three whiskeys out of like six and get the taste different. Oh, ones. we've Ooh, got to take Patrick more, up to, like to Queen Mary. He would love it. By the way, if you haven't heard of, Queen, of uh, Whiskey Sunday, one of the best Irish folk. Americana bands that you would yeah. likely hear. Go to our website. You can find you can out more. Find them oh, on yeah. Facebook and on Instagram. That's right. Whiskey Sunday. So we are going to move on Whiskey to our, our next topic. We highly recommend Queen Mary. But um, Carrie Lane, who, uh, because she got a real job, a grown-up job, is not on the show very much anymore, but she still goes to cool events for us. And she gave us this really neat video from Shriekfest, the longest-running horror film festival in Los Angeles. Here we go. Hey there, Carrie Lane with The Scare Guy, and I'm here at Shriekfest with the founder and festival director, Denise Gossett. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. And this is the 19th year. Congratulations, that's awesome. Thank you. Yep, 19 years. I can't believe it. What started this festival? What was the, we need to make this kind of a festival ignition point? 20 years ago, I had starred in a horror film, and I wanted the producers to take it to festivals. And there weren't any that catered to horror. And so I told my sister-in-law my idea, and she said, let's do it. And we threw this thing together in two months because naivete will get you far, wow. right? That's impressive. <laughs> I know. Awesome. And we got like 45 submissions even in that, that two months. And um, then the next year it like blew up. So that's when we knew that this was desperately needed. She's no longer really involved because she had a son and moved back to Michigan. Yeah. But her heart's Children still with it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. That is amazing. I also, I, I want to congratulate you as being a woman who's pushing horror as well. I mean, like, yes, there's more diversity in horror, but what was that like for you as a woman at the beginning initiating that? Was there any anything that came up or? Not really, but it was funny because people would come to the festival and kind of be like, 
Oh wow! Like they, I think they were expecting like a mohawk and goth and all, and all this stuff, you know. Um, but I will say, when I first started the festival, there were less, way less women filmmakers, women producers, women directors, and now there's more and more and more, which is a beautiful thing. That's awesome. Good yeah. job, filmmakers, and submitting. Yes. For this year, how has the festival been for you, and anything that stood out different this year? It's like a blur. Um, <laughs> I swear, like Thursday night, I was like, how am I going to get through this? And now I'm like, it's over? How is this possible? Yeah. So um, I did something different this year. I did a networking in the middle of the festival. I used to do them monthly, and there was a great turnout. And so I said, I'm going to try one right on a Saturday afternoon for like an hour and a half. And it was packed. We had so many people here talking, networking, planning projects. It was a beautiful thing. Is there any advice you would give to filmmakers out there in submitting to a film festival, maybe specifically genre film festival? I would ask your fellow filmmakers who have been in the festivals, what they think about them, because people like to talk, and they will tell you, you know, kind of behind the scenes, avoid this one, avoid that one, because you don't just want to be submitting randomly. Make sure your film is right for their festival. I mean, sometimes we'll get a submission, and it's not even horror. So I don't know what pe I mean, Shriek Fest. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. So I feel like they should talk amongst themselves because there are a lot of scam fests out there and I think they need to um, go bye-bye. Okay. Yeah. And then any other final words for the 19th year of Shriek Fest? Yes. If you have a dream, follow it. Don't let anything stop you. Go after it. If it's something you love, you have to do it. Love it. Good advice. Congratulations on the 19th year and many more to come. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Carrie, for sending that in. We um, Carrie is the best. She she loves film festivals. She loves horror, and she we really miss her on the show. We are going to. We have one last video that we are going to show you guys. This is going to lead into our screen discussion. And Cheeseman, can you tell us what this is? So this is our friend Eric from the t-shirt company Monster Tees, that's T-E-A-S-E, and he does all sorts of like monster type shirts and very into the 80s horror, very into like, especially the slashers, like he has tattoos all over him, all of his favorite slashers. His, well, his, alone his shirts cool. take a lot of those, uh, especially yeah. the 80s slashers. Yeah. And the shirts, that's a great this one right here They do a fresh those. take on them. He's done really yeah. creative stuff with it, adding like different fluorescent colors or... Yeah, like, um, Maybe doing some kind of almost a mashup with some of them. Yeah, yeah. If you check it out on monstertees.com, you'll see some of it. But we're going to show you a clip of some of the scream ones in particular. They have, yeah, these are out right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have that one. Ooh. Yeah, that's a great shirt. Do they have faces on the or, on the blade? Yeah, faces on the blade. Wow. Yeah. And this is Derek talking right now. Uh, this Eric. Is Eric, Jim. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jim and his names. By Zachary Jackson Brown. And you're seeing some of the characters on the blade as well as... And it was signed by... Um, right there and signed by Matthew Lillard. It looks better in person. Oh, yeah. really? oh Matthew Lillard shirt. signed it? Yeah, that's his signature oh, right that's there. Cool. That's cool. So I yeah. I love this shirt. I need a shirt to wear up to a certain event we're about to talk about. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So just um, kind of pointing out mm -hmm. some of the details there. And this video is on YouTube as well and will be on our site. And that's my too. newspaper. That's <laughs> what we were thinking. No, no. Yeah. I have one. He was talking about it. Okay, so. And yeah. here's some of his stickers he's describing right now. 
Nice. He's making some T-shirts out of these designs yeah, as well. So that's, that's great. the main shirt there, mm-hmm. and then the other two are shirts he'll be making but here soon. Since <laughs> this is your, I've got it in my bag. Right there. <laughs> What's Brother Tribune? Scream, like that's newspaper. What I, I love this. A vendor gave me at Midsummer Scream. Yeah, he's got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is my show and tell. Me, but I don't remember. Who was? Oh, he doesn't remember. But we do. But we remember. <laughs> if only we could figure out who that vendor was. Yeah. No, what was funny we is did a little research. when we were watching this a little bit earlier, I said, I bet you anything, that is Anthony's newspaper. Oh, it totally yeah. is, yeah. This is why we right did here. the Halloween one. Because like right down towards the bottom, there's a double feature for Halloween. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> great. I love it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to... Sh- <laughs> the drive-in movie guide. Yeah, that's cool. so. I designed it as well. So I did all the artwork. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit so, about it? I would. First love of all, to. first of yeah. all, thank you, Anthony, for the pin from the enamel pin from the night cool. from the event last night. But all right, so we are going to yes. move into why Scream mm-hmm. saved slash movies. But we're going to start with this awesome newspaper that you have in front of you. Since we uh, got a great introduction, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to show that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, so, okay, so for the Halloween feature, uh, a Halloween double feature, we did the same thing. We had a Halloween newspaper, but this is the Scream one, the one you just saw. You know, it's just articles about um, the Scream movies. Um, not about the Scream movies, but they're, they sort of, these articles are written, are written as though Scream happened. So the, mm-hmm. the headline, you know, the third high school student attacked, this is after Nev Campbell is attacked in the movie. So this paper has come out... While they're still trying to figure out who the killer is, that's and very so, nice. Yeah, these. I are love just that you have ads for cordless phones in here too. <laughs> yes, yes. We thought of everything. Yeah, yeah. And those, like, those details, like, are really cool. Like, because you keep finding more while you're looking through it. That you're Absolutely. like, oh, this is really funny, or this is, like, you know, creative. Like, like it a lot. Yep. So, Anthony, can you tell us why is it that here in Hollywood you are regarded as one of the experts on the screen films? Well, I, I produced a documentary called Still Screaming, mm-hmm. which you can find on the Scream Five Film set. And uh, it was the only retrospective, comprehensive retrospective on all of the Scream movies up until Part 4 because they had not released Part right. 4 yet. Um, but we, we actually uncovered all of the reasons why Scream was the most... How it single-handedly sort of brought back the slasher genre. In the mid-90s, you know, horror movies were dying. You know, the 80s were gone, you know, and, and slasher films were kind of old and tired. And so... We always credit Wes Craven, and, and believe me, I love Wes Craven, but also Kevin Williamson wrote a script that was so fresh. Um, and you've all seen Scream here? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes? No? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, but, but spoiler warning, yeah. spoiler warning. It's okay. Yeah. Somebody else is the one who hasn't seen the movie this week. I, I can be a little proud <laughs> of that. You can see that guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Well, in the beginning, when he's talking to Drew Barrymore, the killer is calling, he's quizzing her yep. on horror movies. And as a horror fan, I mean, I saw it in theaters way back then, and I remember thinking, like, what's going on here? This is, like, amazing. And he, he wasn't just referencing, like, the killer wasn't just referencing, like, one horror movie. He was mm-hmm. referencing Friday the 13th and Halloween and all these other movies. And so, so the, the script is fresh. Uh, Wes Craven did not want to direct it. I don't know if you guys know that. I, I watched your documentary yeah. and I was right, seeing exactly. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he kind of had to be talked into it. Um, but I don't think the movie would have been as great as it was without But Wes a little Craven. kid in the documentary, you're, you're, 
like he was saying, inspired him because he was at a thing, and this kid's like, yeah. like, oh, when are you gonna do something, you know, cool again, good again? And your other, your, your documentary, he comes so back, good. he says, some little kid, yeah, some yeah. little kid kind of like made him think, like, goaded oh, him into making. I oh. need to do another. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he was at a convention, and on your oh, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone says, when are you gonna do something really cool again? Right, exactly. And he goes, all right, I'm gonna call up that. He immediately like called him back up, and it's like, okay, dimension film. I think I'll do it. I'll need a job. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Wes Craven, the thing about him is, like, a lot of other horror directors are very confident. Like, John Carpenter, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's just a lot of really confident directors. And my impression of Wes Craven, because we interviewed him for three hours, wow, um, is that he was a very vulnerable uh, director. He was always sort of, like, not always doubting himself, but I've talked to enough people to know that, like, when he like, called and said, all right, I need a job, you know, I need to do something, that's the perspective he was taking. It was kind of like, I'll take it. As opposed to, I found this really great script and I want to make this incredible movie. And so there's a vulnerability about him as a, a director, especially in horror, after A Nightmare on Elm Street. For and those the credibility who, that he already had. Can we remind really, people, for those who don't know, Wes Craven was the visionary director who brought us Freddy, the original Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. series. Yeah. I mean, and, and so he already had, I mean, he was, he, he was introduced as the master of horror, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere that he went. And I remember watching um, a panel discussion. There used there was you know the TED Talks. Yep. So there was also the Times Talks. I don't know if you've seen the Times mm-hmm. Talks. Yeah. So he was up there with Oren Pelly from Paranormal Activity and somebody else, and they introduced Wes as the master of horror. <laughs> and halfway through the panel discussion, he said, "I hate hearing that when they say that." And he said, "The reason is I just made my last film. I think it was My Soul to Take." Just came mm-hmm. out, I think, right before or after Scream 4. And he said to the audience, the movie tanked, took me five years to make it, critics shredded it, they hated it, and he's like, I don't know if I'll ever work again. And this is a guy who created wow. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and he worked with Meryl Streep on a, uh, on a movie called um, Something of the Heart, not Affair of the Heart, Something of the Heart. Wes Craven did? Yes, he directed a drama with, uh, with that Meryl Streep. So the Music of the Heart? Was it Music that of the Heart. That, yeah. I remember that movie. Wait, yeah, that I, did not, I did not know that was Wes Craven. Yes. Whoa. Kid out of town. Um, he's oh done gosh. a ton of, and a lot of his movies, I mean, they vary in. It's like, like Nick Castle yeah. directing Dennis the Menace. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's so, uh, it's so strange. You and played Michael Myers. Just right, Nick Castle played Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, so he made, he had a, you know, like when you see a John Carpenter film, you can tell it's a John Carpenter movie. There's something about it, the shots, the music yeah. and all that. Wes Craven, it's like, there's, he's different in, you know, in every, in every movie, there's a different style. And so, so he had a vulnerability about him that I think a lot of people don't know about. And I think Scream was a really great fit for him because of its sense of humor, um, the mask. The, Ghostface was supposed to be white. He was supposed to be all white. The shroud, not black. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be just. He was supposed to look like, like this white ghost, and he looked kind of like Casper the Ghost, like running <laughs> in and out of scenes, and. Um, so, so you tell the, the cool story about the, yeah, that mask. That was so interesting about the, the origins of the mask and how they really didn't even own that mask when they, they were didn't. doing it. Yeah, yeah. So somebody found Marianne Maddalena, who was a producer on the film, found the mask in a house and said, "Well, this will do. This is great." <laughs> and they started using this mask, but nobody knew. You have to pay for trademarks and you have to license things, but nobody knew who who owned the mask, and. Yet yeah, they're shooting the whole opening scene, the Drew Barrymore, without a licensing <laughs> approval. 
And and so what they did was they hired a company called K and B. You've heard of K and B, special effects. So they said, well, create a like a knockoff. It's not going to be the ghost face. No, it, they didn't know it was called ghost face, but they were like, it's not going to be this mask, but it will look like it because we like it. Mm-hmm. So if you watch the Drew Barrymore scene, there's different masks in the scene. And like the scene, he like turns and sees her through the window. Like that's the K and B mask. Yeah. Somebody figured out that it was Fun World that owns it. They're a costume company out in New York, and they own. And I think on the back, little letters mm-hmm. it said like Fun World. And they called them up and they sent them five hundred dollars or something like that, or two hundred dollars to license it. And they're like, thank you. And then they went and you know made this incredible film. But nice. yeah, and you know so. It's you know it's like and I I've read the script and I've read it as a, like what if it wasn't the script like, not picturing it in my head and it's a really really good script but it's a great movie yeah and it's because of Wes Craven I remember because I was and Luke you have quite a history with Scream like uh, it, <laughs> it was t- the one movie my mom had to take away from me because I was watching it too much so like, <laughs> oh, hey, that's oh, wow. awesome I was like How old she's you? like you're watching this too. I was like the perfect date like sixth or seventh grade my friend Jake like bought it well he got a took a blockbuster tape and illegally bootlegged it took the, like the, oh, the letters on like a VHS tape and almost made like ransom letters to scream so then I was like just watching it every day and my mom's like you're watching this too much took it away and then hid it in some drawer but I found it anyway <laughs> and then like this was his porn yeah it was a little but eventually like I convinced her like hey my friend's over and I really want to show him scream like because I'd just like show everybody scream eventually convinced her to give it back and then I never what was it about it the movie again. that you loved so much she just Oh, I mean, you what love, I yeah. loved it. I don't know. I was just at that age. I was just kind of getting into horror because I was too scared to watch it before. Like I was the kid that like I had my mom tell the person at the grocery store to like not have the Freddy uh, movies so like out there because it just freaked me out so much just to look at that or Chucky and other stuff. But once I got older, I started. So Scream was your it, gateway movie. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> like my gateway movie, and it was just funny. There was like music in it that seemed cool, and all the characters seemed now, cool. Now, did Ghostface mentioning like, oh, all those other horror movies get you excited to watch all those other movies? Because it was tipping its hat yeah. to Halloween and all those all those eighties. Did you yeah, did so, you say now I've got to see all these? movies? Yeah, so that was the time I was starting to watch like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. and Friday Thirteenth and all that stuff. So, cool. so I just go to my friend's house who could rent any movie he wanted and then we just started kind of watching all this stuff my whole life I hadn't really seen. So Scream was kind of the beginning of all wow. so Let me ask you, Shining and all that. Yeah. But you were speaking about how it, it, it tipped its head. It was an homage to all these earlier movies from like late 70s, early 80s. And do you think, what is it about Scream that... What, uh, here's the other question. First, what, were, what was going on in, in horror genre before Scream? What is it that... We was so murky. What was happening then? I think the '80s had just run its course. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Halloween came out in '78, and there was really great horror. You know, in the '60s, and every decade there is. Yeah. But I mean, like Black Christmas had come out in 1974, which was a great film. But it didn't really. It wasn't the Halloween mm-hmm. that it needed. You know, it didn't have the fame of Halloween. And then Halloween came out, and then all the clones came for you know a good 12 years. And so I think by the time you got to 1989, I mean by that time they had made. Seven Friday the Thirteenth movies in eight years. Yeah, I mean it was just that's what it, I think that's what the problem was, mm-hmm. and so in the early nineties it just kind of kind of died. They um, needed a new slasher. 
And what was that? Killer. They named oh, it exactly. Killer. Yeah, 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 and I remember say, when I was just actually run their courses with all of them up to like yeah. four or five, six, and them doing the new thing with Scream just kind of rebooted. Yeah, it had everything. It had fresh. savvy writing. It had it had the new head like Ghostface. You mm-hmm. know, it had this killer that was easily identifiable. It wasn't just some like creepy guy. It was a you know a costume which we were very used to through Jason and you know Freddy and Michael and Chucky and Hellraiser mm-hmm. and Pinhead. All we can keep going on. Uh, so it had all, all the of, 80s films. There yeah, we go. Right. <laughs> and it also had a really great ending. Yeah. And everybody remembers that ending, and that's the ending that's in the house that you guys will be going to. But that's, it was filmed in that house, the thing but I, it had a great ending. The thing that was so different about Scream, though, it was its high level of humor and satire, yeah. which was the rest of the film. Freddie tried to have that, but it was it just turned into shtick or schlock, which yeah. I still love the Freddie films. A comedian. Yeah. yeah. But this one was real humor, and also... The whodunit aspect of it. I don't think mm-hmm. that had been done in any of the other films, hardly. I mean, no, the very and, first know, Friday the 13th movie. are like, when you find out who does it, you're like, who, oh, it was, it was, we knew it was one one of these ten people. Yeah. You know, but in this movie, you cared. Yeah. And, you know, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but when you find Katie. out who does it, <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Yeah. And it's so amazing. And the performances are great. Matthew Lillard, I think, turned in an Oscar worthy yeah. performance. I, I say that with complete. Straight face. <laughs> what? What's your favorite line? Oh, liver alone. Liver alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's he just fantastic, had a lot of... though. Anyway, in any like, mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. So. And some of the lines were like improvised too. Like, like when he yeah. hit him with the phone and stuff at the end. Like, stop hitting me with the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I think he improvised that because it actually hurt. Yeah. yeah. And that scene took three weeks to film, and that and they they um and I have something to show you yeah. uh, that was scene 118 so that was the last scene in the movie and it took 3 weeks to film and when they finished the um the cast and crew had shirts made up that said i survived scene 118 oh, oh and funny. so for our party we have shirts that say i partied at scene that's yeah that's that's a good segue. That's a good segue. Can yeah. we talk about this party yeah. for a second? Yeah. Right. We will come back to Scream. And you can only get it if you actually party at the house. Yeah. yeah. So we won't scream o Tell us about it. So scream o Screaming.net. Uh, yep. It's a costume party, a Halloween costume party at the house where they filmed the last act of Scream. So where it's they're the all, best thing ever. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. What, cool. what 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 more could you do on Halloween? <laughs> on right? Halloween night, yeah. I mean, yeah. unless well, you could get access to Halloween Town and meet at, like <laughs> with a real Jack Skellington, this, I don't know. Halloween. I, <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the other Halloween Town. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Oh, okay. Right. okay. Remember who you're talking well, to here, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween is one of those. It's kind of like New Year's. You know, you either have a big party to go to, or you're sitting at home yeah. alone. You know, and plus Halloween falls on a Thursday, <laughs> right? Which is fun. And mm-hmm. I love Halloween, and yep. you know, I've got my own little ritual and all that stuff. But it falls on a Thursday this year, so we thought unless the hmm. uh, the, the the thing happens, you know, they're trying to move it to. Oh, yeah, don't say that. I yeah. know, it's the no. worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah, it's dumb. We're just going to return Petition, the petition yeah. is where I was exactly. going for. Right. But, I mean, it doesn't ruin your Halloween plans the weekend before or the weekend after. Um, but, yeah, it is basically a party. It's a party all night, and it's a required um, costume. It can be elaborate or as simple as you want. But some people are wearing some amazing costumes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you just party in the house. And, and we just thought that would be... Really special and 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 horror fans—they have money, man. They spend <laughs> money on yeah. all kinds of stuff, and because yeah. it's worth it, it's the experience, you know. So when we did, uh, we did a uh, not a similar event, but we did another event at the house last year called Scream Comes Home, 
um, which I produced with my really good friend Nate Reagan, and he is helping with Scream Oween as well. And Nate and I put together this really big party. And Roger Jackson came, who does the voice of Ghostface and all the yeah. guys. Um, oh, he was he was amazing. And so we had this pro, this like promotion where if you paid a hundred dollars, he would call your cell phone <laughs> and leave a voicemail. Or if you uh, if you didn't answer, would go to your voicemail. And if you answered, he would talk to you in the character and threaten you. I'll take my money now. Take my money now. Yeah. Right. It's awesome. And so you know, a bunch of people were getting random calls, and then they were like, "Hello," and it's like, "Is this Julio?" And then it would be like, yeah. And it would be like, I'm going to gut you like a fish. And he was like <laughs> threatening. And so they had to sign a release form that said, yes, I agree to have Roger Jackson threaten me <laughs> on the phone. And uh, it was amazing. And so Roger was playing along. And then he did a Q&A. We watched Scream on the house, uh, on the lawn next to the house. That's so great. And that night, fog surrounded us, which mm. was like, this can't be happening. It was amazing. It was just <laughs> amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So they're allowing us to come back one more time. So what comes with tickets to this this upcoming event? Well, it's simplified. So Mm -hmm. we figured it's Halloween night, and Scream Comes Home was, we had all kinds of panel discussions, we had a memorabilia display, and we had the movie on the lawn, and we had a bus tour of all the other filming locations in the area. It was like a weekend kind of event. This is just a Halloween party Mm -hmm. in the house. There's endless alcohol and food. And you just party in the house. That's real. We mm. just wanted to be a big Halloween party. So is that and the house is on a hill. Is yeah, well, uh, we... Or do you bring stuff? You can bring alcohol, but they also sell it in the driveway. The guy that owns the house, his name's Lear. He owns restaurants and all kinds of stuff in the area. So he's just providing vendors that we could order That's any, cool. anything okay. you want oh, wow, online. Nice. So how, yeah. how do we get tickets? How does anybody get tickets? Screamoween.net, not .com, <laughs> .net. And we still have tickets available. And nice. so you just... Pick them up, and and also we will shuttle you to and from your hotel so that you can drink as much as you want. Oh, and be that's safe. smart. Wow. That's okay, awesome. that's amazing that you've thought of that because yeah. so many of these yeah. parties they like. Well, the look... only reason we thought of that is because the house. First of all, the house. Let me just tell you the setting. It's in sort of like a compound. Like there's a gate, and this is Santa Rosa. This is wine country, posh, Ooh. upscale. If you watch the movie Scream, all the kids live in these big 6,000 square foot homes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Which makes it scary that you know something like this could happen at a place like yeah. that. You know? At Scream Comes Home, we had three security guards, one armed, because we were like, just what you guys were saying before. Like That would be a great place to actually, if you wanted to <laughs> yeah. kill someone. And we were a little like... Who's coming to the compound, you know? <laughs> but it's on a hill. Like, this, oh, yeah, yeah. this compound kind of goes up like this, and this is house. And then down here, you've got two other houses and two barns. And um, it's just the perfect place to yeah. hang out. So you're going to be gated. There's going to be pitch black all around you. You're just going to be partying in this house in the middle of it. Right. Natalie, wow, Lena, awesome. you guys have to go to this. you got to go to this. <laughs> <laughs> you look scared. <laughs> Patrick, you got to go to this. Our, our friend Patrick is sitting in the room. Can, by the way, um, we also want to just mention your your documentary that you put together as well called um, Still, uh, Still Screaming. Still What's the whole name? It's Still Screaming, the ultimate scary movie retrospective. Because and the original title of Scream, what, well, I don't have my shirt here, was Scary Movie. Scary Movie. Yes, <laughs> okay. Yes, so, so Kevin Williamson called it Scary Movie, and then they changed it to Scream. When, like, when did they change it? When did they change it? Yeah, why, um, or right you know why they changed it? Uh, I think they just wanted something. Yeah. They just changed it. The Weinsteins just wanted to change it. That's right? cool. Yeah. And we also have a really cool video about the premiere of your documentary. Oh, yeah. If you can watch this right here. Oh, cool. Here in Halloween. Hi, I'm Natalie Pahorsky with Fearnet, and we're here on the Sunset Strip premiering the film Still Screaming. Let's get our scream on. <laughs> ah! 
here at the premiere of the Still Screaming documentary. Still Stop Screaming! screaming! <laughs> I love it. What's good about the Scream series is that you could honestly reboot the thing in 10 years without actually rebooting it. The second that Slashers go out of style, that'll be the end of Scream, which is never. People love watching other people die too much. <laughs> What Scream's job is to do is go back and comment on the state of horror movies. Popping new blood into it, literally. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have this. Would you guys survive a Scream movie? I would definitely survive a Scream movie. I'd be dead. I'd be the first person dead. I would be the chick making popcorn on the phone, like, oh my god, like, let's watch a scary movie. <laughs> Why would you movie. be the chick? Why wouldn't you be the dude banging the chick? Do you think I could survive? Just because I... I'm such a big fan. Because that guy's tied up in the back and he's got his entrails hanging out by the pool. He sucks. I at least naked around to the front of the house before I get killed. Do you have a favorite scary movie? PJ! Halloween! The first one, of course. <laughs> and Carrie. My favorite scary movie is the original Halloween. I know that's sort of like a boring answer, but it still is the best. Scream 2. Scream 2 is definitely my favorite. Uh, favorite scream kill? Omar Epps. Getting stabbed through the ear. Oh, I'm sorry. Stall because it was a really super subtle nod to Black Christmas. Because if you if you turn up the sound, you can hear the whispering, weird baby stuff, and then all of a sudden, wham! It was like you know, right great ear. I like that one. Oh my God, Drew Barrymore. This is just a given. There you are. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> It was like the scene, the scene when that was over, yeah. and when it went to credit, I said, oh my god, like horror is back. Yeah. The fact that the girl from E.T. died in the beginning messed with me, and Starkey for life. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool, even though it's long... It was a while ago. <laughs> well, Fearnet is now dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fearnet's no longer around. Right. But, um, so you guys, how did you get involved with that? So Ryan, our director, a good friend of mine, texted me one night. I'm a really big, like, just text me what you want to do and I'll do it. You know, like my friend Matt was like, hey, host a screening at the Lost River Drive-In. I'm like, okay. You know, Ryan did the same thing. He said, hey, let's do a documentary on Scream because I had done them for other franchises. Mm -hmm. And we just put it in motion. When you when you do a documentary like that, you it's a lot of like one step at a time, emails, phone calls, and begging. You know, like I'm doing one on the Paranormal Activity series now and it's just getting Super someone in a chair that. to interview them we're interviewing Jason Blum tomorrow and, wow. and it, to get him in that chair took I don't know a hundred emails and yeah. phone calls yeah. and coordination and all of that so so there are a lot of work people don't realize how much work they are but if when you want to talk to everybody involved in screen it's a mammoth undertaking uh, you just you just start, and my company had credibility. I had done a few yeah. of them already. You did the Halloween. You did uh, Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. Psycho. So we had we had a cachet. So it's hard when you're like, I've never done this before. Can we come interview you? But if obviously the more you do, the easier. The no, we were watching uh, the documentary, and you, you, it was kind of fun to watch how you recreated the death scene toward the beginning with the two girls and oh, like yeah. like your framing device. That was a lot, was that a lot of fun? Yeah, it was Ryan's <laughs> idea, and he wanted to start off the movie with some fictional like two girls sitting on a couch and they're talking about boys or something and they get a call and it's Ghostface you know <laughs> of course reenactments because we yeah. have a lot of good reenactments yeah. yeah we rented this house I forgot where it was with this guy Robert it's really funny when you film in a house the homeowner Robert if you're watching the homeowner's really nice 
when you get there, and by the end of the night, they're like, get out of my house! Because <laughs> you're, like, dinging the walls. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like but, but we do have to ask, and this is, um, before we end the show tonight, like, just, we, we promised to talk about how Scream saved yeah. the genre. If you had to sum up how and why, like, how is it that, not why, we don't know the intentions, but how was no. it that, how is it, what is it about the, the Scream series that saved the slasher genre? It had an intelligence in the script that was absent, I think, from a lot of, especially 80s. In the 80s, you had movies like Motel Hell, which, you know, was like campy comedy guy burying people in the, the back of the motel and harvesting them and making sausages out of them. You know, like, that that's that's Motel Hell. I love the looks of it. That's kind of what was happening in the 80s. Um, but Scream had an, an intelligence, and it was a lot of fun. And again, it was a great crowd movie. And I saw it a couple times in theaters, and it just played really, really amazingly well. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the great horror films, Halloween, Paranormal Activity, which I'm working on now, um, when you watched Paranormal Activity with an audience, it's incredible. Everybody bonds, they're all scared at the same moments, and they laugh, there's a build-up and a release, and Scream had all of those, all of those nice. ingredients. Uh, who was your favorite person you interviewed for the documentary? For Scream? For the Scream one. Uh, Wes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he really, he had a, uh, a, a, first of all, he's the nicest guy. I only got to hang out with him that, really, that one time. I've met him a couple times, but he's just the nicest guy, and he understood the material and had a passion for it. And apparently, he had a lot of fights with the Weinsteins about things that everybody did, I guess. Um, But yeah, I would say Wes. um, Laurie Metcalf. From yeah. Scream Two, and she's she was she didn't. All right, I'm gonna say that I love she didn't want to do her interview, and I've never said this. <laughs> she didn't want to do her interview, um, and her agent was one of the very few times that an agent actually helped me because she she didn't she watched the movie, and I I think she wasn't that happy with her performance in it. And I, all I heard was the opposite. Fans loved her performance. Yeah. And so she came to my house where we shot the interview. She knocks on the door. It was really weird having Laurie Metcalf knock on your door. I was like, come on in. And Ryan and I were there. We were all set up and everything. And by the end, she was amazing. She was smiling and laughing. And I think she understood that we were there to, to talk about how, how great she was. And and we got it we got and we got it out of her and she said I really hope I gave you what you wanted and everything but she was it was great to see her transformation from I don't know if I really should be here to thank you so much you know to, yeah. and welcoming me and having me be a part of this yeah. Well, I, I think that says something to you as an interviewer too, uh, as somebody who can like put somebody at ease and help them feel better just in the conversation even. Yeah. Um, so good job. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Before we end, thank tell you. us how to get tickets again to Screamoween. Screamoween.net. Is it one word or is there dashes in there? All one word. Okay. The website's been around since 1996 when the movie came out. With the .net. I'm kidding. No, it is not. That is a lie. (laughs) But we will be posting it tonight on the show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Scare Guy Show. And thank you so much, Anthony, for coming on tonight. You are probably one of my favorite guests we've ever had on the show because you just love horror and you talk it like anybody. (laughs) You guys, make sure if you get a chance to follow us at thescareguy.com. That's the website. Also, go to... You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias at The Scare Guy. Where can we find you, Katie? Hi, um, I'm Katie. Katie, you can find me at KT underscore Christine on Twitter and on Instagram, but also on The Scare Guy and Con Guy pages as well. That's right. 
Great. Uh, you can find me at MassyMedia.net. That's my web. I'm a big net guy. Um, <laughs> and at ScreamAween.net on Instagram. Hi, I'm Derek. You can occasionally find me on Twitter at ConGuyDerek and here on the Con Guy or the Scare Guy Show. You can find me on Twitter at CheeseOnCouch and on TheScareGuy.com and check out, like you said, our Instagram, our Twitter. We're posting on there. Katie's been doing a great job at doing stories as well. So we're, we're trying to get as much content on there to keep you guys interested. Yep. And I just cannot stop laughing at Ryan dancing in the booth as <laughs> yeah. we take the show out. Everybody... Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. See you later. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.